I always tell people that you're going to change the way you pose like multiple times throughout your life because not only do bodies change, but trends change too. You know, yeah. so much has changed kind of within posing. I mean, or else literally we'd all still be posing like we're an exact from like the 1980s like this, you know, <laughs> like that would be your work headshot. That's Christine Buzan. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Let's jump right in and tell everyone your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. So my name is Christine Buzan. I currently live in Fullerton, California, which is like the north part of Orange County, if you're familiar with Southern California, kind of by Disneyland, basically. So you can just say I live in Disneyland if you want. Um, And I teach people how to look good in photos. So I currently have about 2.2 million followers on the internet between TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And it's my mission in life to help everyday women look and feel their best in front of the camera. And that is exactly why I was like, guys, we need to talk to her. Because I never imagined that my life would lead to a place where I was the face of a brand. Yeah. I spent so much of my time being behind the scenes. I still am most of the time for my clients. And if how the modern day is that you are your brand and so you need to be creating content. And there, I have never been taught how to model or look good or do hair or do makeup. So usually we're just trying to fight the natural tendency where I will look horrible in a photo, not because I look horrible, but because I don't know how to take the photo the right way. So when I saw what you were doing, I'm like, we have to talk because not only do I need what you are offering, but so many people do because content has changed so dramatically in even just the past five years, let alone 10 years. Definitely. It really has. And it's so interesting because, you know, I'm sure we'll discuss more about my journey later and kind of how I got to this point. But we live in such a digital society where so many of our first impressions are made through photos. So if you're looking for a job or if you are, um, you know, entrepreneur who's trying to attract new clients or customers, you need to have an image. There needs to be a face to the person. It's not just enough to be a brand. And if you're trying to find a job, you have LinkedIn photos you know, 70% of people find their jobs through LinkedIn in this day and age. So you have to have a photo to be able to put a photo to the person and you have to be able to accurately convey who you are in a way that feels authentic and kind of on brand to who you are and what your values are. And then it was back in 2016, I believe there's the statistic that 30% of married couples met on dating sites, which I'm sure is even higher, especially post pandemic when everybody was on dating sites and things like that. And also, even if you're just making friends, I know I personally, if I meet somebody at a party or somebody who's a friend of a friend and they're like, you'd love this person. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to their Instagram, see what they're interested in, kind of see what their overall vibe is like. And taking photos is truly such a skill. And if you're able to master that and you're able to show up in photos in a way that feels authentic and represents Mm -hmm. who you are, you'll be able to get so much farther in life. So really, that's like why I do what I do, because we aren't taught how to pose for photos. That was something that was just reserved for models and movie stars and kind of on 
camera personalities and things like that. But it is such a necessary need back in the same way that like when beauty YouTubers started really in 2008, they were taking all these tips and tricks that we just didn't hear about unless we learned about them yeah. from a magazine. But there are things that makeup artists knew and it allowed us to be able to express ourselves in a different way. So it's basically kind of just doing the same thing. If we go back to eight-year-old you, would she have imagined that this is her life? In some ways, yes. I mean, I always I always had a dream of kind of living a big, visible life ever since I was little. I remember when I was young, you know, thinking like I'd seen Madonna on TV and being like, I want that. I want to do something. I want to, you know, make kind of an impact in some way and in a way that entertains people and makes other people happy. So I kind of have like such a sweet spot in what I do. I call it like edutainment, which I know is like a proper term, but I educate people. I am hopefully empower other people, but I also entertain people and, you know, teach them something that I hope is valuable, but at the same time, you know, makes them smile or makes them feel like it's relatable to them. Mm -hmm. How did you start doing this? So basically I moved to New York when I was 21 years old. I knew ever since I was 13 years old, like, okay, I want to work at a magazine. That was my dream, you know, well before The Devil Wears Prada or The Hills or any of those TV shows that kind of glorified it. You know, I had been an avid magazine consumer since I was probably about like seven years old and would like get my hands on like 17 magazine, you know, and things like that. Um, and I knew basically I wanted to work within the world of magazines because you know, I've always loved fashion and loved style. I've always really loved writing. It's for me, it's kind of about analyzing somebody once called Vogue a cultural barometer. I can't remember who said that, but the way that we present ourselves and the things that we think are popular within pop culture and stuff like that, it's just always been so fascinating to me, kind of how culture ship culture shapes how kind of how culture shapes our society and vice versa and how everything like that. So I always knew I wanted to intern at a magazine. So I planned out my entire like college, you know, schedule at University of Washington knowing, okay, senior year, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to do my internship, which like back then, I mean, still even to this day, it's very, very hard to get an internship for a magazine, especially if you're somebody with no inside connections. And it's very much still like, you know, I have a lot of friends who work in magazines. I love them, but it's very much still like a whole like nepotism society, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I just, I knew I was going to do it. So I, I was going to do it. So, you know, I applied to different magazines consistently, kept on like banging on doors. Finally, Marie Claire basically, you know, interviewed me. I flew to New York from Seattle for my interview, started interning there. And um, one of the cool things that we got to do was assist on photo shoots. So we'd get there completely unpaid, five or six in the morning, unpack everything, steam it, get it all ready for when the stylist came in, help dress the models, make sure that nothing, you know, walked away on set or anything like that. Then, you know, at midnight or 1 a.m., pack it all up and take it back to the office. Um, and, you know, I loved it. So I would observe, though, like the way that the models would pose for photos and how that would completely change the way that they appeared or bring clothes to life or really bring a story to life. And around the same time, this was 2011 at this point when I was assisting on shoots a lot, 
I started a blog because back then it was like very clear, okay, the fashion industry is going digital. So I wanted to kind of have like a proof of work or Mm -hmm. a reference point of work for both like styling and writing, because that's what I really liked. And I mean, what better way to do that than a personal blog? So even after Marie Claire, like I took on different jobs where I was a fashion assistant, where I would assist on shoots. So I really would like talk with the models. I'd figure out kind of every single thing there was to know about the art of posing because I thought it was so fascinating. And then I'd take those tips and then I'd use them for my personal blog. So in front of the camera and everything was going like fine and dandy. I was blogging. I was doing, you know, my little like low paid fashion assistant jobs and stuff like that and just living my life in New York. And then in um, 2014, I changed my medication. So I've been on you know, like mental health medication for a very, very good portion of my life. And it kind of just like stopped working. So we had to experiment with new medications. And within a matter of a year, I gained 70 pounds. And so I was, yeah. So I was kind of faced with a decision of, okay, I really love blogging. None of my clothes fit me. I don't look right in front of the camera. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to learn how to dress myself? Am I going to learn how to repose myself? Or am I just going to give up on something I love? And like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I didn't give up. So, you know, I found an amazing community of other plus size bloggers, learned from them where they shopped. And then I kind of really practiced and honed in and took everything that I had learned, assisting on these photo shoots, watching Mm -hmm. models and seeing how photographers worked and breaking it down in a way that worked for me and my new body. And you know, social media had changed so much kind of between 2014, fast forward to like 2017, people started asking me, you know, about, Mm -hmm. okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? Because it became more common for more people to have like to be in front of the camera, whether you're an entrepreneur or anything like that, or even just posting pictures on your Instagram. So I discovered that there was kind of really a need for it. And I had been doing, you know, fashion blogging, plus size fashion blogging, talking a lot about body confidence and things like that. But I really felt that it was my calling to break down the way that we pose for photos in a way that is accessible. And Mm -hmm. there's a, uh, sorry, in a way that's accessible and there's like a definitive system to it. So that's really what I focused on, you know, starting in 2018. Then in 2020, I launched my first course. 2021, I got on TikTok and then everything just kind of blew up from there. So long story long, that's my story. (laughs) No, I love it. And, you know, I think about how there has, as much as we have been shifting into a body positive cultural conversation, there's still all the same pressures that there always was. It's like, okay, you're supposed to like a supermodel, but if you're not, it's so it's okay but really you should look like a supermodel. I feel like that's the conversation we're still having. And it's so but it's frustrating. Even worse if you try, people get mad right. at you if you try. It's like you have these societal pressures that are formed upon you. Yeah. And then people, this is something that I face a lot, especially kind of with some every once in a while, a random stray man will end up on my content, which makes no <laughs> sense because literally only 2% of my followers are men, according to, you know, mm-hmm. um, my statistics and a lot of them tend to be gay men, you know, which is great. Definitely. I love them. I'm glad that they're there. But a lot of times, you know, a random man will kind of just kind of like end up on my content and be like, it's obvious you're insecure. Why are you trying so hard? And it's like, bro, like, why do you think everybody's insecure? (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I, and I don't think there's enough of a conversation about like, it's not that people aren't trying to be whatever their best version of their self is. There's just so much variety of what we're going through physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, how your body's changed from 20 to 60, you know, um, going, if you're trying to get just recently pregnant or going through IVF or even freezing your eggs is like, it completely fucks with you. And there's, you know, the skills that you're giving people about posing, no matter what you look like and that this is going to work and make you feel more confident. It's a relief knowing that no matter how I feel in that moment, I can take some actions where at least the picture will make me feel better than I, than I felt taking it. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is bodies are meant to change. Yes. That's another thing too. Like I always tell people that you're going to change the way you pose like multiple times throughout your life, because not only do bodies change, but trends change too. You know, yeah. so much has changed kind of within posing. I mean, or else literally we'd all still be posing like we're an exact from like the 1980s like this, you know, <laughs> like that would be your work headshot, you know, like for your podcast. So, you know, bodies are meant to change. Bodies are meant to move and look different and <laughs> mm-hmm bend and roll and things like that. So it's just, I think it's a bodily understanding and awareness. And I think like also we as a society are so uncomfortable with being in our bodies talking about, or I guess our, you know, American Western society, you know, like yeah. just kind of embodying that and posing is such a physical thing. It's such a mental thing. And it's also an art form. So it's a very interesting mm-hmm. kind of medium that I think is really fascinating. What is the foundation of how you're teaching people to pose? Is it, is it using different angles? Is it, is what's trending? Like, where are you starting people at? Like just, I guess just awareness. Yeah. So I, um, developed, I have the, like the post perfect formula, which is the kind of the root of everything. Um, and then there's also something that I invented called the laughs method. So that's L A A F F S that stands for legs, abs, arms, fingers, face, shoulders. So it's essentially the order in which you pose. Basically, that's so instead of thinking about a pose as one stagnant thing that you step into, it's really about analyzing those different parts of your body almost in a way kind of like you would a paper doll where it's like this is my doll's, you know, pants and then this is her shirt and this is her mittens or you know like kind of picking and choosing. So it's really about taking tools within like your arsenal, knowing, okay, these are my arm poses. These are my leg poses and kind of paper dolling them together. I think that's really the most effective way to pose for photos. And it's kind of something that, I mean, it's taken me years to like develop it, but it works. And it's so cool seeing, you know, results from different people who are like, I felt so awkward. I didn't know what to do. And it's just breaking it down in a way that makes it accessible. So I hope that that kind of answered your question. Yeah. Well, I know the other thing that I've been realizing with myself is how I try to like make myself not the problem in situations. Mm-hmm. And especially like a group photo, I'm like, don't be the one trying. And I'm like, no, everyone else is going to look more amazing. I can take one second to like put on lipstick or make sure my hair isn't, you know, doing something insane. Or not just like jump in and hunch over and like be in the corner and be like, yeah. why do I look insane? And it's like, yeah, because I was trying not to be a burden on the picture when 
the whole point was for all of us to look amazing in a picture. Yeah. So I've been like, nope, we're going to take two seconds. We're going to be that person because why not? Like, I want to be able to look back at these photos, especially with friends and like in great experiences of life and be proud to show the photo because I took a minute, if that, to less than a minute, yeah, <laughs> less than a minute to like make sure I was acting. And I've been calling it now like acting like an adult, like an adult puts on lipstick <laughs> and, put, and goes into a photo. An adult yeah. makes sure that they are put together to some extent. Versus like being in a rush or being a kid where you're just like running through screaming. So like, it's okay to take 30 seconds, a minute to be an adult and look my best as I can in that moment in the photo versus again, just like sticking my head in from the side, which never looks good. Um, You know, when we go down to the fundamentals of being the face of our brands and posing a lot, like how do you mentally prepare when you're going to be doing like a shoot versus casual photography that you're a part of? Yeah. So I think preparedness is such a key thing when it comes to posing for photos. So it's really understanding what the goal of your photo shoot is. So if the goal of your photo shoot is like wedding photos, that's going to be the goal should be to interact with whoever your spouse is and really create points of connection. If the goal is for your business, it's establishing kind of competency and having you know, conveying how, what working with you is going to be like, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I think that mindset is definitely a really big part of it. That's normally, you know, when I run my course, which I'm going to be relaunching again soon, hopefully I just have been so busy lately, but, um, mindset is the number one thing we talk about because it's really coming in with a vision of the, like the target you're trying to achieve and getting yourself Mm -hmm. mentally prepared to go into it. So I think that's a big thing. And even if it's a simple kind of photo shoot, like, okay, you know, I'm posing with my best friend. What are you trying to convey? What is it about your relationship? Are you guys goofy? Are you serious? Do you have each other's backs? Do you really like love each other? You know, like figure out kind of what the vibe is of the photo that you're taking ahead of time and everything will kind of fall into place after that. Yeah. I want to go back to you and your journey. How much is your mindset and taking care of yourself a part of you being able to run this business and stay healthy? Oh, God, that's a good question. I mean, I'm not sure I'm really the best at it. I'm I'm a bit of an insane person. And I think that that really helps. You know, I mean, I'm off, obviously, which is okay because it's, you know, that kind of level of obsession has been very helpful in doing what I'm doing and kind of holding on to that mission. You know, I don't really sleep a lot. I don't take vacations. I have, you know, kind of with my various like mental health issues that I have, you know, I have big burnouts and I'll sometimes be like in bed for two days. So I'm definitely Mm -hmm. not like the best authority (laughs) on self-care or, you know, anything like that. But I mean, doing what I do makes me happy and it's super important to me. So I just try to produce, you know, as much free content as I can for everyone because people really appreciate it. So that means a lot to me. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think you're alone. I mean, every time I ask any female, you know, founder that question, they're all like, I would say 90% are like, oh, I am not good at it. And part of it is because of whatever we're measuring ourselves against and, you know, thinking that we're never doing enough. 
Well, There's... I just get so excited too. I think yeah. that's a big thing. I have a hard time sleeping at night because I'm excited. And then the second I relax, I think of another really good idea. And I'm like, dang it, I want to do that. Like, you know, there's just so many things that I want to do and, you know, that I want to create. And there's so many things that people are asking for. And I want to be able to provide that in a way that's meaningful and accessible, you know, mm-hmm. like to them. So it's really important to me. And are you running your empire? uh solo do you have a team like how are you i do you everything getting... by myself my <laughs> goodness from graphic design <laughs> editing coding my website i do everything myself so yeah, yeah. you're all in mm-hmm. i'm all in yeah when you think of the words powerful and ladies what do those definitions mean when those words are independent and do they change when they're put next to each other yeah i definitely it's really interesting so i mean you know I think when you think about powerful, it's kind of like the word awesome and like awe-inspiring. Um, that version of like awesome rather than like radical, you know, dude, that kind of thing. Um, it's, you know, power has a lot of weight to it. When you're powerful, you're you have a sense of responsibility to other people. It's not just about yourself. I think that's mm-hmm. the key thing. Um such like a deep existential question. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think that the thing about power is that it's really a sense of responsibility to other people, mm-hmm. you know, in some way when you're pow- when you have power or you're a powerful person, you have the ability to impact kind of the outcome of either different situations or other people's lives or both. So mm-hmm. that's powerful. And then, you know, ladies, I guess it has a specific sense of refinement to it rather than just women or females or anything like that. You know, I mean, a lady is kind of truly in a different caliber, I'd say. It's somebody who almost has like a blueprint in a way for a way that they want to live their life and a way that they handle both themselves and their interactions with other people. So I think when you really combine like powerful and ladies together, It's about a way of the way that you handle yourself when you're with other people. So, you know, knowing that your actions impact other people, that you'll treat other people a very specific way and that you have a standard, you know, for yourself. And you know that that impacts both how others see you and impacts how others see themselves. Who are powerful women that have helped and guided you along your path? Um, I would definitely say... Uh, Sally Singer, who is the editor-in-chief of the New York Times Style Magazine, she's been at Vogue. Um, She took the time to meet with me back because we have a a mutual family friend back when I was a lowly intern at Marie Claire kind of navigating. She was the one who told me, you should get on the internet. You should make a blog. (laughs) You know, so I um, am deeply, even though we had one interaction, indebted to her and her kindness and her graciousness that she did that for me. Um, I'd say when I was working at L'Occitane in Provence, I had two... um, women mentors, um, Tali and Serena, who were both, you know, very helpful. I think especially when you have a job that's within the business world, it can be so easy to be cutthroat. But the truth is, if you teach other people how to do a good job, that just makes you an even, you know, better boss. So I think that those are some of the, you know, I mean, there's been so many, I've been very, very fortunate to have so many friends and um, kind of, not coworkers, but, you know, contemporaries, I guess is the word who are yeah. wonderful. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. 
We ask everyone who's on the podcast where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on an average day? I'd say on a scale of everyday regular person to Oprah, like I'm probably about on a zero to 10 scale, like I'd say I'm a one, you know, I'm just kind of a normal person. You know, I work, I have friends, I have, you know, different things that I do. And I'm lucky that I get to reach a wide group of people. But at the same time, like posing isn't brain surgery. It's it's just <laughs> posing for photos. And I'm very lucky to be able to make other people, you know, feel a specific way about themselves or see themselves in a new light. Um, and if that's powerful, that's cool. But I don't really make that many decisions. I feel like most people, you know, they see what they learn things from me and then they make their own decisions about themselves and they have the power. Yeah. Well, I do think that, and I talked to many of my clients about this, that the thing that we have access for our million dollar idea or, you know, being amazed that we're making money doing fill in the blank is the mm -hmm. stuff that comes so obvious to us. Yeah. And because we don't realize the skills or even the vision that we have about something, like how we see something can be so different from other people. But to us, it's so normal. And yeah. like, I need people like you and I need people who know hair and makeup and I need people who know how to take, like, there's so many things I need to make my business work at any level that I just don't know how to do. Like, until I see someone else talking about it, I'm like, I didn't even know I had to worry about that. Damn it. <laughs> you know? so, <laughs> there's like so many things that keep kind of being added on to um, when you want to step into your power or you want to make sure that you're creating a brand where people aren't being distracted by something about you or the, or the visual where they can actually hear what you're trying to teach them or know that it's the right fit. There's so much planning that goes into almost making like there's this weird balance of making myself kind of disappear so you can hear what I'm saying, but also appear enough where you want to listen in the first place. It's this yeah. really funny, strange balance. And it's holding attention because it's like, you know, we live in such a content econ economy now where you have to hook people within two seconds. That's how yeah. long it takes them to decide like, okay, do I want to watch this? Do I not? So, I mean, there's definitely, when I make my little posing videos on the internet, you know, it's definitely a, almost like a character. It's like a personality. And then when you work with me, you know, closer one-on-one, -on -one, it's like this in this capacity, you know? But I mean, it it is true. It's very, It's a very interesting fine line and it's kind of a target that's constantly changing as mm -hmm. the way that we consume content continues to change. Yeah. And it was it was funny. I had my kind of film team come and shoot a recent workshop I did in person. Mm -hmm. And they came back and they're like, I didn't know you had a speaker's voice. And I'm like, I didn't know I had one either until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> what do they mean? Like you have like a professional like news, you know, kind of news yes. voice? Yeah. Like when I'm, when I, there's like a different, like you said, character that I step into yeah. when... I'm giving a presentation versus having a casual conversation. And I don't think I'm someone that changes very much between mm -hmm. my different worlds, but it was funny to see how that does. Cause I know that I'm sure you've had these moments too, when you're giving a course or something else and you finish it and you're like, I think I blacked out through that entire thing. So hopefully that Always. was good. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. And it has nothing to do about nerves. It's like really being so present that you're not able to think beyond it, but yeah. So I'm, gl I'm glad it, it worked at least. 
Um, when you're looking at, at what's next for you and what you're, you know, how you're wrapping up the year and jumping into 2024, what are you excited about and what's next for you? So I need to relaunch this darn course. So that's the thing. I, I'm like a tinkerer, you know, I like to Mm -hmm. tinker with things. (laughs) So, um, I'm always trying to find the best way to do something. That's just kind of like my personality. So, you know, I've launched my course about three times gotten feedback from it. And I just want it to be as effective as possible because the thing is you can watch as much posing content video if you want. It's kind of like the same as if you were to watch, go to the ballet and watch ballet and then watch ballet on YouTube. And it's like, if you're not actually practicing it, like, okay, cool. You know, like, wow, what a beautiful tour jeté that was, you know, like you can become (laughs) like a spectator, but you're not actually going to learn it. So I finally figured out, and I've been working on this since 2018, the best way to integrate everything Mm -hmm. in a way that actually gets results so it's just going to be a matter of kind of relaunching that like in its beta mode before really like trying to scale it next year so Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my big focus and then i um we're going in october on like kind of like a east coast like leaf peeping trip which i'm really excited about you know my dad turned 70 uh, he turned 75 a few weeks ago and like he's getting older you know i moved back from new york to california in 2019 to help take care of my parents. So that's why I'm like, you know, back home in California instead of living in New York. Um, You know, so his mobility has gone down significantly. And so we're like, you know, we've never done it. Let's just go. It's going to be fun. So my sister's going to join us from Seattle. So we're going to go do that. Um, And then I have like so many fun things planned for fall and holiday, like just in terms of posing videos, you know, like I want to do more kind of like applicable things like, you know, family posing and like posing with a Thanksgiving turkey and you know, like <laughs> posing around a table. So I'm, I'm really excited for the next three months. What about you? Oh my goodness. It, my, uh, I think we are definitely reaching a maximum capacity for how much stuff we can do and launch in a month. Um, we just relaunched my community, Extraordinary Entrepreneurs. I'll be in New York in two weeks for a, oh, cool. a new business that I launched with a partner and uh, actually will be, this will be, this will, we'll have just come back from when this launches the business show in LA mm-hmm. um, where we have a booth and I'm speaking. So there's so much going on and we are kind of wrapping up all this new stuff in September so we can really focus on planning for 2024 and just like expanding the community and helping more, yeah, more entrepreneurs. Like there's so many people like yourself who love what they do and deserve to have empires without having to do more work. And (laughs) that's just what I'm so committed to helping people put together. Like so often the things just like, I think you and I actually have very aligned businesses in the sense that you know a simple shift can radically change a photo mm-hmm. and i know a simple shift can radically change a business yeah and the 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 thing it seems so simple what you have to change but when it happens it's not like a one degree shift it's like either a whole mindset shift or it's like holy cow like this just means i can throw away 80 percent of stuff i was doing for no reason so yeah it's what you do is profound and giving people access to these small moments that produce profound results mm-hmm. is a really fun business to be in. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I love getting messages from people. I love like meeting people in real life too. And then be like, oh, can I pose you? You know, like which is really <laughs> fun also. Um, it's it's cool being able to connect with people and definitely see how people see themselves change. So 
yeah to be a part of their journey and I love the fact that it's like they'll be like oh yeah my mom and I used your tips or whatever and so somebody's like 80 year old mother you know like that's cool like I yeah love yeah you're yeah. impacting everyone mm-hmm. yeah thank you that's really nice we've been asking everyone on the podcast as well like what do you need what's on your wish list what's on your to manifest list for you personally for your business um this is a smart helpful collaborative community and i really do believe that we never know who has that key that we've been looking for um so what is something that you would like to ask for i want to do more public speaking gigs Mm -hmm. i really like it i think even i love doing tv i'm very fortunate that i get to be on tv like a lot like a lot a lot and i don't even have a publicist or anything like it's just like i'm fortunate that you know like a lot of people from the news have started following me and then like journalists Mm -hmm. follow other journalists so it's like you know like yeah I get these really cool like features like New York Post or Access Hollywood or like GMA, you know, but I'd love to do more in-person events and things like that, I think, which Mm -hmm. is probably the last thing on earth I should be doing right now. It's like I should be (laughs) automating my e-course and getting like an evergreen funnel set up, you know, but yeah, but I love connecting with people in real life and a lot of my job. You know, I mean, I talk to people online and I do like, you know, Zoom calls with people for private coaching and stuff, but it's a lot of, you know, being in my pajamas and like being on a computer. So yeah. I'd love to do kind of more like real life things, whether yeah. that's you know, speaking about confidence or kind of self-image or just mm-hmm. kind of how posing ties into all that or just teaching people like practical tips that they can use. Well, and in that space, like what do you want people to know about confidence? The thing I want people to know is that confidence isn't a blanket term. So I talk about this a lot, you know, in my course that's constantly being revamped, is that you can actually be confident about multiple different sectors. It's not like, oh, wow, you know, Kara's such like a confident person. It's like, no, she's confident at podcasting, but maybe she's not confident at posing for photos. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, it's really just confidence comes from competence. So it's really just learning the skills that you need to learn about one specific thing getting better at it. And that's how you grow your confidence. So like if it's public speaking or you feel you know anxious about speaking in front of people, it would just be practicing it, growing your competence, and then eventually you'll become confident in it. So there's no like magic sauce to confidence. It's literally just knowing the right techniques, practicing it, then putting your own stylistic spin on it until you feel really good doing it. And I think even to go a step further, like just being brave enough to say, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Like there's yeah. so many people who know they don't know, but they're afraid to ask because it will, whatever it will mean if they admit they don't know how to do something, but whether it's, I don't know how to pose or I don't know how to like really manage my money, or I don't know how to use QuickBooks, or I don't know what like this contract means, like being brave to yeah. ask for help. like suddenly you get to skip through things and it's like, oh, look, you got your shit together. And it's like, nope, I just asked a lot of questions. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, that's so right. How has your confidence evolved as you have taken on this business and seen the impact that you make? So it's, I've always been really confident kind of at what I do. Um, I've mm-hmm. definitely become more confident when it comes to recording video. That's something, you know, that has become more like second nature. It's funny watching, you know, my videos from like 2020 when I first started doing short form video and just seeing like how much it's changed. And, you know, I'm wearing makeup today because like I have to go to an event in L.A. after. But like normally I just don't even wear makeup anymore. You know, it's just kind of like 
okay, this is me. You can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's kind of, I'm kind of segueing, which I apologize for. If no, that's no, okay, but it's funny. Cause like, you know, my sister asked me, you know, like, what is it like kind of with your relationship with your body? Because a lot of people who grow really quickly on the internet, there can be a lot of like self-loathing or becoming hypercritical of your appearance. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's actually become the opposite because there's literally a new version of me every day and the content yeah. keeps on changing. So it's almost as if like, you know, things that I felt so self-conscious about, they really don't matter as much anymore mm-hmm. because I'm constantly moving. And I think that a lot of times in life, I get like analysis paralysis or I'd get really like procrastination because something is so important to me. And I think that that's somewhere I've really grown a lot also because you realize like how little things truly matter. Like what's the worst? It's like, oh, you're gonna have a video with 11 million people seeing me make a fool out of myself. Like that's happened, you know, like (laughs) we can do it again, you know, like it's happened, you know, and people say things and people like, I'm still here, you know? So it's like, kind of like, yeah. it, I've grown in my ability to take risks. I've definitely become more confident in that sector because like this like, kind of like level of visibility has been very interesting. So mm-hmm. it's kind of gotten me out of like my own ego, I think in a lot of ways for the better. Yeah. 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 When you When you realize how fast the content is consumed and tossed aside... And then you realize how much content you're going to actually make in the whole world of what you're doing. It gets to the point where you're like, it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's, it's little. It's one blip. And yeah, maybe like we'll have a mega viral experience and maybe I'll end up on the news for it. But chances are like it will just be another piece of content, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah. then once you do that, you just get back on and keep going again. Like, keep going. Yeah. That element of like head down grit, like just keep making what you know you want and need to make. And because there's like this, I don't know if this happens to you. Like there's a guiding force of like, I, I, it's, I can't ignore where I know I'm supposed to go. And it's, I, I have a choice, but I almost don't have a choice about like what's coming next because I'm not able to, even like you said earlier, sleep if I know that I'm supposed to be like going towards the right. And I'm like, no, but the plan was to go left. And it's like, well, we got to change it now. Like, like there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Um, so like, what what is that driving force for you? Like, or how does it show up for you? I think is the real question. Like, do you just know it? Do you feel it? Does it poke you for a while if you're ignoring it? It comes in my quiet times, like the shower yeah. or before sleep. It's just like, I'll have like, <laughs> I don't want to be like an ingenious idea. It's not. It's like, you know, like sometimes they are your arm a specific way and getting it's like not, you know, like, but yeah, yeah it just, it comes to me. And then I kind of almost like unravel it further and further. And then I'm very lucky in that I'm able to remember these things kind of later. It's not like, oh, this is a good idea. It's like, you know kind of mill it over like it you know I mean there was that kind of fable about the I guess the cobbler who would cut the leather and then lay it out and then the elves would do it at night when he was asleep and it was like a metaphor for like letting ideas rest and then they kind Mm -hmm. of will come together so it's almost like that yeah yeah I, I think so too you know like there's people get on they'll be mean to themselves about procrastinating about like putting together the course final touches or putting together their strategy or whatever it is that we have to build. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but have you been thinking about it for six months or a year? Six have years, been, yeah. <laughs> right. Has it been like ruminating this whole I mean, time? I ruminated for three years before I put out my first e-product. Like, yeah. literally ruminated on it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so I bet when it came down to like you finally typing it, it didn't take three years. No, it probably it took didn't. three hours. <laughs> I mean, my ebook took like a year to make just because I shot everything, edited it, yes. put it together myself, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, it, this, I normally, that's uh, something I found really helpful workflow wise is I script mm-hmm. my yep. poor notes app is so scary. Like, it's just, you know, like I'll like dictate into my phone and then it will like say everything wrong and it will be like, you know, but it's just, it's a helpful thing. I highly recommend mm-hmm. that if somebody is dealing with procrastination, open up your notes app on your phone, just start talking into your phone, all of your ideas, mm-hmm. just like dump it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I'm thankful for um, voice memos and the audio app and everything else because it's, we just have to get it out. And that's why I think when we do have a moment to like get the idea on paper, it's actually really easy to write out what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, like we spent all this time ruminating on it. We actually wrote it out and created it pretty quickly. And now we have to execute on it. But we get so nervous that we don't know how to start. And it's like, you do. It's just all in your head to like get it on paper or get it in a voice note, get it out of your body Mm -hmm. so that either you can have your brain start percolating on the next thing you need or so people can help you because no one can help you if it's stuck in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's all right. So for everybody who is like, I need to take your course. I need to hire her. I need her help yesterday. Where can they find you, follow you, work with you, and support you? Yeah, so I am on TikTok at Look Good in Photos. I am on Instagram at the Christine Buzan. If you're on Facebook, I'm Look Good in Photos with Christine Buzan. Um, that's B-U-Z-A-N. I'm sure there'll be like a little thing that's thrown up there, so you can find me there. I have my ebook, 101 Ways to Pose, which is HowToPoseForPhotos.com, <laughs> and yeah. So, I mean, definitely the ebook is a great way, great place to start. I think that's really helpful for a lot of people just because it shows you, you know, different ways of kind of thinking about posing. So it has 101 different poses. And then as well as the photo, it's kind of a written explanation. Put your weight on your back leg, shift, you know, like very, because yeah. I'm one of those people, I know some people learn best through audio or video or reading. And I'm a reading learner, which I think that we get like forgotten about a lot. Um, So I I try to include that too in everything that I do. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking time today and sharing your wisdom and everything you know about posing and confidence and beyond with us today. Uh, I know that a lot of people are going to be very excited about this episode. So thank you for being a yes to me and to the powerful ladies. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm happy to meet everybody and that kind of thing. So yeah, say hi to me on social media. All the links that connect with Christine and her Looking Good in Photos tools are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Visit us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.